are listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. What's up, Dragon? Hey, what's up? How are you, Mr. Fresh Cut? That's true. Yeah. I think the entire time I've known you, you've had a, a long hair. Pretty much. So, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, no more no more ponytail. I know. I've uh I've become a bit of a public figure now. That's so right. I want to look my best. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not that that's not that my best is very good. You said it right earlier. <laughs> you're you're sort of a sex symbol now. So. Yes. I mean, we gotta you know keep up appearances <laughs> for the the I fans do. out I there. Do. Not know? everyone's tuning in because we're That's entertaining. Right. No, no. So no. for some people, we're just eye candy. A little bit of eye candy for them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, man. We have got some stories today, and I've got one here about a guy who thought that Deadpool and a group of armed ninjas were breaking in his house. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> what do you got? Well, I got Colombian prisoners. They uh, got their guard drunk and escaped, <laughs> which I think is a pretty inventive plan. So, Yeah. yeah. Right now, we're going to start off with uh, this story headline here. Arizona mother allegedly used a taser to wake her son for Easter church service. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, uh, you got to gotta get your kids to church. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Especially on Easter, probably bought them an outfit, too. So, You know, maybe I'm probably a horrible person, but there's a little bit part of me that's like, you know, hey. I wish I had one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have one because I would use it too much. Yes, exactly. An Arizona woman was arrested after she allegedly used a stun gun to awaken her teenage son before a church service on Easter Sunday. This is her. This is Sharon Dobbins. She says, I said, get up. It's Jesus Day. (laughs) Sharon Dobbins, 40, said in an interview with KNXV, I made the noise with the taser, but I did not tase my son. Okay. According to the Phoenix Police Department, Dobbins... She contact tased her teenage son on the leg in order to rouse the 16-year-old. The mother said she simply stood in the doorway and brandished the taser and flashing it and, you know, making it make that sound as a warning. But she, he's saying that she did. She's saying that she didn't. Huh. Investigators, they did find two marks on okay. the boy's leg. All right. Maybe it slipped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> According to KNXV, the woman was taken into custody, and she spent 12 hours in jail on Sunday. Okay. I wonder what the what the jail Easter service was like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I bet you that Easter lunch wasn't too good. Probably nah. not. Um but you know what? I bet it was better than most days. Yeah. yeah so you're if you're going right. to get locked up, maybe Easter is the maybe day to do the it. Day. You're right. <laughs> Police were on the phone, and I told the dispatcher, I told her, you need to be with Jesus right now, said Dobbins, <laughs> who was arrested on suspicion of child abuse with intent to cause harm. She is scheduled to appear in court on April 16th. Uh, quote, nobody writes a book on the correct way of parenting, the mother said. Uh, I tell my sons to honor thy father and thy mother mm-hmm. on their day, or their days will be shortened. And that's my favorite verse. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, some would say that the Bible is an instruction book for parenting. I don't know. But but I kind of get her. You know, there are times I have to go to my kids and say, hey, look, I I made a mistake. You know, (laughs) this is my first time being a parent. So, you know, I'm I'm having to learn a little bit as I go along. But, I mean, I, I admire her dedication to get her kid into church. I tell you, you know. what, you better wake up on Sunday yeah, morning. I guarantee you next Sunday he got up on time, you know? <laughs> and I can't see even if my mom ever tased me, me calling the police on her, 
you know? Yeah. Because I know... I would be far more afraid of what she would do to me once she got out. (laughs) Exactly. If she's willing to tase you to get you out of bed, imagine what she's going to do when you put her in jail for 12 hours. So, yeah, that's not a good call on his part. I saw a clip uh, where the... And again, I want to say, I know child abuse is a thing. Sure, absolutely. Maybe I don't feel as bad for him because he's a 16-year-old. Right. He's practically a man at this point. Yeah, right. He's driving. Yeah. He can take care of himself. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he Most knows 16-year-olds are out there eating poison and tasing themselves for fun. <laughs> yeah, snorting things. So, yes. But then right. suddenly a mom uses it to get the boy in church, and all of a sudden we got to <laughs> right. get the authorities involved. That's right, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I would say... Her intentions were good. Maybe her uh, her execution execution was flawed a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, make him go to bed earlier the night before Easter or on Saturday night. You get him in bed by 10, 11 o'clock, so it wake him up a little earlier. Well, she probably told him to go to bed, and he was like, I can do what I want. That's I'm right. my own man. I'm my own man. I bet she, and she was right like, in her head. <laughs> she she was like, like, all right. <laughs> but if you don't get up in the morning. That's right. You're going to be sorry. <laughs> you know, it's the Lord's Day. I mean, it's Resurrection Day. We are not skipping church. You know, I got this new hat I'm going to wear, and I got bought you that nice slacks and vest and a pink tie, and uh, you're going to get out of this bed. But I can also foresee myself having the same problem with Hudson when he's 16. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I probably can't tase him because he's got like a pacemaker and stuff, but yeah. I should probably will want to. So he fights tooth and nail every single day. You'll have to use a soap and a wet sock. Yeah, right. Yeah, something like that. Yes. I usually, I mean, I will drag my kids out of bed now. I'll get a hold of that ankle and pull them right mm-hmm. on, on the ground if they don't get up. So, uh, my mama did that until I was, she could no yeah, longer, right. she just didn't have the strength right. to yeah. do that. Came a point where it was like, uh, uh, couldn't do it. But yeah, yeah. you know, uh, I was always tough to get up to, you know, I, that's one of my big regrets. You know, you're like a teenager, mm-hmm. whatever, and your mom comes and wakes you up for whatever. And she's like, Sweet, you're like, hey, get up, honey. I made some cinnamon rolls, cinnamon rolls, whatever. You're mm-hmm. like, get out of my room, mom. You know, you're like, <laughs> yeah. all being mean to her. You know, I regret that now as an adult. So, absolutely. But uh, this guy, I mean, my mom never tased me, though. I will say that. But it never came to that. No, no. There was no <laughs> question I was going to get up and go to church. I'll yeah. just say that much. So, I'm going to share a super brief story okay. about my brother. <laughs> And, uh, Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but this needs to be told because it's hilarious. He was, my brother was 14, and there was one morning he was back talking to my mom, being super disrespectful, super rude, as I'm sure a lot of teenagers are. Absolutely. And my mom, this particular day, and she didn't abuse us, or she was a good mom. She was a good parent. Sure. But... She had had enough. Mm-hmm. And this is the first and only time this has ever happened that I'm aware of. But she hauled off and slapped him. I mean, right across the face. <laughs> I laid it on him. And he told her that he was like, well, I'm fixing to call DHR. You know, because I'm 14. You can't, you know, that's yeah. abuse. That's child abuse. Right. And she looked at him. And I was in the kitchen when this happened. And just as serious as she could be, she said, well, if I'm going to go to jail, I'm going to make it worth it. <laughs> At that point, she went to town. I mean, just, you know, left, right, left, right. I mean, smacking. Beautiful. Sm- I mean, and you know what? He didn't call the authorities. Right. Yes, <laughs> right. I, you know, I I could, I, in, my, in your mother's, put myself in your mother's <laughs> shoes, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. You know? And uh, I'm not, you know, we don't do a whole lot of corporal discipline at my house. My kids act pretty pretty well, pretty good. Now, they know it's an option that's on the table. <laughs> and there are some times where we have to pull it out and use it. But 
A lot um, of times, you know, at least in my house, one good one and you don't yeah, have to do it right. anymore for like a year. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> you know? I mean, you can use that as an example. Like, <laughs> hey, you remember that last time? And that'll carry forward, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, to me, if I'm having to beat you all the time to get you to do what I want you to do, then I'm. It's pretty, not working. Yeah, I'm pretty bad <laughs> right. at, at conveying my thoughts to you in a way. You the know? goal. I, a lot of people don't understand this. The goal is not discipline. Yeah, you want to you want to use it where necessary so that you don't have yeah, to use it anymore. Exactly. It's like I tell my son, I don't, I don't take any. You know, I'm not glib about this. I don't right. take any pleasure in, in you know disciplining you. Right, but. You know, I just do this so you act right. Uh-huh. And, and you know what? If that's not working, well, I guess we got to try something right. different. Exactly. You know, well, do something that will work. And that's what I tell my kids. I was like, it's a very simple formula. Like, you do what you're asked and you do what you're told mm-hmm. and you won't get in trouble. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's really simple. When you choose to do other things, then that's when we have to find other options. And yeah. that could go lead into me having to whip you, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, I've I've only ever used my hand to whip them. I don't use a belt or anything. Some people do. I'm just not into that. I've, I, that hasn't come to that with nah, me either. A lot of times, you know. Eli. I mean, I'll pop a butt. I can. <laughs> I can. I'll raise up a red welt on you with my hand. I am good at. I don't have many talents in life, but if it comes to spanking, I'm pretty good. Well, I know my son. He. I think the embarrassment for him is mm-hmm. what's big for him because right. I had to get on to him because he was being disrespectful yeah. today. And uh, you know what? We I took him back there. I got on him. And, you know, told him that his behavior and he was crying. Yeah. He put himself in timeout because nice. he didn't want the rest of the family to see him crying. Uh-huh. But I told him, I said, hey, when you're done crying, you're going to come out here and sit at the table and eat your lunch like we've told you to <laughs> ten times. Well, I try to use my dad's thing. And this it's really worked well. Like the worst thing in the world is for for me growing up was my dad to sit me down and have a conversation with me. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it, I would that rather bad, huh? have gotten a beating. And I only ever remember my dad spanking me once my entire life. Right. Uh, but yeah, so if I just, I, I try to talk my kid, you know, like talk to him, but I try to make it so painful on them that they don't <laughs> want to go through that. Right. So when I like walk in the room, they're like, Ooh, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to beat you. We're just going to sit here and talk for a little while. And then it, you can just see it just kills them because they know I'm going to keep them as long as I want to. And I'll talk about everything. So yeah. Earth oddity. Yeah. We'll talk about, we'll get into that. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bring life lessons in from my past, from yeah. things that have happened to other people that I know. I, tr- I try to offer them enough advice uh, that you know, hopefully over time it'll sink in. Mm-hmm. But uh, the really thing, the big thing is that they just don't want to, you know, take thirty minutes away from watching TV or whatever else yeah. for me to sit there and go, I'm disappointed in the way you acted, son. Right? You know, which of course doesn't work to Libby because you can sit her down and talk to her, and you can be like, Hey, babe. <laughs> I'm she disappointed in you. Yeah, and then she starts talking about something. Well, today at school, you know, blah, blah. and I'm like, well, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about how you were just, uh, you know, raising your voice at your brothers and sister, or, uh-huh. or your brothers and mom, and we can't do that. Well, but I mean, little Sally went around and did this and did that. And I'm like, we're not talking about that. So she drives you up the wall. <laughs> All right. Uh, new CPS school grounds being built on site of estimated 38,000 unmarked graves. So, yikes. Yeah. I'm, you want to talk about scary? <laughs> this is kind of like the scene in, uh, what was that movie? The Blind Side. Uh-huh. Remember where she's telling the kid that the, that the body farm is underneath the stadium or yes, whatever? Right. This is kind of like that in real life. <laughs> so, uh, this has been a 15 year ongoing effort uh, up in Chicago. A 15-year effort to build a school in the city's Dunning neighborhood is underway with an unusual complication. 
Construction workers are taking careful steps to avoid disturbing human remains that may <laughs> lie beneath the soil. The $70 million school is to be built on the grounds of the former Cook County Poorhouse, where an estimated 38,000 people were buried in unmarked graves. Among the dead are residents who were too poor to afford funeral costs, unclaimed bodies, and patients from the county's insane asylum. Um, there can be and there have been bodies found all over the place, said Barry Fleeg, a genealogist and cemetery researcher who began investigating the site in 1989. It's a spooky, scary place. It sounds like it. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, you talk about getting some haints in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Uh, workers have until april 27 to excavate and clear the site remediate the soil and relocate an existing sewer line the school is rescheduled to open uh, for the 2019 20 uh 2019-2020 academic year Um, but the spokesman for the chicago public schools would not say what type of school it would be. Well, I'll tell you what type is going to be. It's going to be haunted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be on top of some grades, uh, said Nicholas Piozzo, who is a, a site contractor, and says, it's a, but it's an economic boom for the community. Um, 135,000 <laughs> square feet. The school will accommodate about 1,200 students, according to Spasado. That's, that's how you say his name, Spasado. That's what they all say. Yeah, right. And then the next thing you know, Carol Ann's missing. The TV people are back. <laughs> They're here. Uh, Fleeg, uh, the, the genealogist and cemetery guy, said he's nearly certain there are no intact caskets buried underneath the proposed school ground. Not a one. Uh, bodies were primarily buried in two formal cemeteries, though scattered human remains have been discovered during previous construction projects near the campus. Um, children, patients from an infirmary and a tuberculosis hospital, uh, victims of the Great Chicago Fire in 1871, Civil War veterans were all laid to rest in what's known as Dunning Grounds, a 320-acre stretch on the city's northwest side. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, in 1854, they opened up the poorhouse there and a farm and gradually added the insane asylum and infirmary, <laughs> the tuberculosis hospital to the p- property. So basically... This just gets better and better. Yeah. This sounds like the perfect place to stick a middle school. <laughs> so basically, uh, right in the uh, you know right in Chicago, they were like, we got this spot right here, and this is where we're going to put all the stuff that we don't want here around the rest of what right. they probably at that time considered normal society. So. I can imagine them in a city hall meeting thinking, well, there's a big, huge field <laughs> right. there. How right. come we've never put yeah, anything well, there? we've never done anything there. <laughs> and then someone's like, oh, well, there's a bunch, a bunch of people buried there. <laughs> oh, we get around that. Uh, the bodies were unearthed in the Dunning neighborhood by workers who were building single-family homes and installing sewer lines in 1989 and again in 95, the Chicago Tribune reported at the time. No human remains have been found since the city began probing the school site in 2013, according to Bryant Payne, a spokesman for the Public Building Commission. So maybe they think they found a spot where no mm-hmm. nobody's there. You know, like this maybe was uh, where the old insane asylum was and they weren't burying people under the slab for it or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, at the time, let me skip forward here. Janine Lambin, 48, was part of an archaeology team uh, hired to investigate the Dunning Grounds in 1989. 
shortly after a backhoe operator struck a corpse while developing condos. Whoops. Yeah. But we were talking about, <laughs> you're talking about getting the zombie virus You on moved you. the tombstones. You didn't move the bodies. <laughs> at the time, Lambert was a 19-year-old freshman at Loyola, Loyola University, who just went to the Final Four, by the way, All right. uh, who joined the crew for on-site learning and training. Once you got the topsoil off to start digging down, you could see the outlines of coffins, Lamblin said. The bodies would emerge. I know it's really a creepy and weird thing for some people, but for me, it was about getting to know someone in this really interesting way. <laughs> the bodies tell stories. So, he sounds like a really mm, interesting person. <laughs> he does. Uh, by then, corp- I see dead people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> by then, corpses had been buried at Dunning for more than a century. Lamblin said some of the bodies had been buried with jewelry, glass beads, Bibles, coins, and other artifacts. Mothers were buried with their infants, too. Um, for a lot of them, you could tell where their hands had been placed. Uh, it was absolutely incredible, she said. Hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, where's the other thing? Oh, <laughs> Historians said that thousands were buried in a third cemetery, which sits directly across the street from the school's football field. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of like uh, Bryant Denny Stadium. Home of the 12th man. That's right. Home of the 12th man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those who couldn't afford burials, though, were bar- uh, and bodies who were unclaimed uh, also lie in those cemeteries. Anyways, long story short here, uh, what do you do with a person who has no family or money or uh, this guy said, he said, the irony is that he was sworn against the North. Essentially, Northerns and Northerners government played for his burial. That was a Civil War soldier who <laughs> right. somehow like ended up up there as a prisoner of war and got buried there because he didn't have any family or money. Hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, it's, of course, people are against this because, you know, people are against everything in life <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Don't matter uh, what you're doing, somebody's yes. going to be against it. Fleeg here says these people were forgotten in life and they shouldn't be forgotten in death. So he said we shouldn't disturb this site. You know? Right. Which I, I can see the, the point in that. I, the bigger point to me is you're going to have a haunted school. You <laughs> yes. know? You're going to have ghosts rolling down the hallway, all kind of stuff like that. And we need to figure out how to maybe find another site. You know, surely right. there's enough room, you know, for a hundred and twenty something thousand foot school in chicago they mm-hmm. got to have some empty real estate they can tear down and rebuild on. it is so. chicago though it is so, it is but and then another thing i, I agree uh, it's such a weird thing like what is the what's the amount of time because when you think about it you think as long as people have been you know wandering the earth right I try to think, well, somebody's probably died about everywhere by now, haven't well, they? I thought about that, too. Like, chances yeah. are we're all sitting on somebody dead. Right. You know, we just don't know about it. You know, especially in the South where they just bury you in your backyard mm-hmm. or whatever, wherever the homestead was, out underneath right. the old oak tree, you know, and then a hundred years later somebody comes and buys that land and builds a shopping mall on it and nobody even, you know, right. you're not digging in that spot. They just pour Or it. even before that, <laughs> maybe it was a tribe of people like yeah. coming across the Bering Strait or whatever. Right. Yeah. One of them could have dropped dead or lost yes. a fight with a saber-toothed right. tiger. Who knows? Exactly. Well, you know? It, think about this, and this is always an amazing thing for me uh, to think about. So in Alabama, and I'm sure all over the United States, you can find arrowheads, you know, or, yes. or, or pieces of arrowheads all over, you know. I know our house when we used to live out on Old Fett Road, mm-hmm. a swinging Thomas in the backyard look down there's an arrowhead like sticking out of the ground full point you know nice arrowhead. i like to imagine every single one of them was stuck in somebody <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> at some point <laughs> but imagine the 
literally like millions of arrowheads ahead. That should show you how big of a society. Of right. course, we know that uh, that Moundville was huge. <laughs> it, it was the Big Apple of the Mississippian era Indians. I mean. Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people live there. And that was before all those dirty Europeans brought over yeah, the diseases. Right, yes, yeah, bringing smallpox to everybody, and you got conquistadors and syphilis. Through. Yeah, right. Yes, syphilis is big. Yeah, dude, that's disgusting. It made a big run through. That, that pretty much brought down the Aztec yes. Empire. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, Their but, secret weapon. So yeah, there were. You know, I think sometimes people will mistakenly think that uh, Indian tribes were pretty small bands, but they were. They were large, like tens and thousands yeah. of people. You know, I mean, just to put out the amount of arrowheads we found, yeah. there had to be that many. You mm-hmm. know, people. I mean, it wasn't like one little, one little Native American guy sitting there napping out. You know, a hundred thousand arrowheads. Life's work. Yeah, right. Just just for the fun of it. <laughs> I know they didn't have TV and stuff, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were probably other things they could do with their time. I would imagine survival back yeah. then. You, there was a lot on That's, your plate. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you don't want to be carrying you know eight hundred extra arrowheads if you need to run <laughs> from a wolf or right. a bear or something like that. So. And not to mention, on top of all that, trying to stay alive, you know, maybe you want to have a kid too. Yeah. So oh, yeah. now that's you know that's more people you got to fend for, and <laughs> well, make sure they have clothes and they stay warm and they don't freeze to death, and make sure they have clean water and right. Yes, and you know, having making kids probably a big activity <laughs> if you don't have TV and the <laughs> internet taking up your time, video games, probably. things like that. You know, it's like hey, sun's down, nothing left to do. So uh, and think about this: every single kid might be your your wife's last. That's right. So, yes, that's terrifying. It's very, very much so. <laughs> so yeah, we're probably all on dead people. You yeah, know, just bring it back around. Yeah, yeah that's the point. Dead yeah. people everywhere. Dead people are everywhere. We're all <laughs> our houses are all built on dead people. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't just jump in willy nilly to building one <laughs> right. on top of thirty eight thousand dead people. We stand on their shoulders, both <laughs> metaphorically and literally. <laughs> That's right. Yes, we do. We do. Well, all this talk about dead people, let's talk about a dead alien. All right. Dead aliens are my favorite. This comes from the Dallas News. The headline is, Dallas lawyer offers a reward for the return of Martian pilot's long-missing grave marker. Are you familiar with the story? I'm not. Dude. Okay. (laughs) We're going to get into it. Uh the lawyer who's offering the reward, this is new to me, but okay. I've actually heard of this before, so All right. let's get into this. A Dallas lawyer will pay for the return of a grave marker for a Martian named Ted. That <laughs> Ted? Was, yes. Okay. I figured out a little more interesting name, but all right. <laughs> that was stolen from a cemetery in Aurora, Texas, which is about an hour's drive northwest of Dallas. The civil trial attorney, uh, Stratton Horns, is offering a $1,000 reward for the gravestone's return, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram reported. Local legend says that a spaceship crashed in Aurora on April 17, 1897. The stolen gravestone, an asymmetrical rock with an etching of a cigar-shaped aircraft shown on the city's website, marks the site where the extraterrestrial pilot of the spaceship was buried. The Dallas Morning News article from 1897 described the spectacle, saying that while the pilot's remains were badly disfigured, enough of the original had been picked up to show that he was not an inhabitant of this world. Okay. Okay, and it has this article has the old, old article from way back in 1897. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to read it the best I can. Let's see. Aurora. 
About 6 o'clock this morning, the early risers of Aurora were astonished at the sudden appearance of the airship which has been sailing through the country. It was traveling due north and much nearer to the earth than ever before. Evidently, some of the machinery was out of order, for it was making a speed of only 10 or 12 miles an hour and gradually settling toward the earth. It sailed directly over the public square, and when it reached the north part of the town, collided with the tower of Judge Proctor's windmill and went to pieces with a terrific explosion, scattering debris all over several acres of the ground, wrecking the windmill and water tank and destroying the judge's flower garden. (laughs) I love the accent. I love the accent. The pilot of the ship was supposed to have been the only one on board, and while his remains are badly disfigured, enough of the... of the... enough of the... Pilot was placed together to see that he was not an inhabitant of this world. Huh. Mr. J.T. Weems, the United States uh, Service Officer at this place and this authority on astronomy, gives it as his opinion that he was a native of the planet Mars. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Papers found on his person evidently record his travels are written in some unknown hieroglyphics that cannot be deciphered. The ship was too badly wrecked to form any other conclusion as to its construction or motive of power. It was built by an unknown metal resembling what is a mixture of aluminum and silver, and it must have weighed several tons. The town is full of people today who are viewing the wreck and gathering specimens of the strange metal from the debris. The pilot's funeral will take place at noon tomorrow. (laughs) S.E. Hayden. All right. The accent (laughs) put me back there. I was in 1897. (laughs) I I did my best. So, in 1897, the story is, and this is before there was a Roswell. Right. 1897. And just to let everybody know, this is also before the Wright Brothers flew at Kitty Hawk. Of course. Right. Yes. So, there was probably, like, balloons. I'm sure there were Zeppelins at the time. But, you know, the air travel was in its infancy. Yeah. Very beginning stages. And there was a... Allegedly, there was something that crashed into a windmill, and somebody, who knows who it is, but somebody wrote an article for the paper. And also, back then, papers, they weren't like today. No. Basically, anyone could write a letter or an article into the local paper, and they would run it. Yes. You know, and this guy, he said that it was a Martian which, of course. I mean, the dude was like a uh, an expert on astronomy. Yeah, he was. And he pretty much declared it to be true. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Ned, Ned, that's his license there. Yes. Ned a- Alien. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, he was Nick. Uh, alleged something hit this hit this windmill, and the town they allegedly they threw the all the wreckage in a well. They got together this uh, Martian and they buried him in a, right. in a cemetery in Aurora. All right. And the story kind of died down. It was not talked about or mentioned for sure. nearly 100 years. Well, CIA wouldn't let that happen. <laughs> right. And then it gets brought back up. And, you know, it, since then, it's been the subject of many a History Channel documentary. Sure. Right. <laughs> and now somebody went and stole his headstone. Yeah. Somebody took the headstone, which was. It, it was a rock. There's yeah. pictures of it if you go online and, and Google it. But it's just, it's got like a little UFO and it was there for a long, long, long time. Somebody right. stole it. I'm sure it's probably sitting on somebody's shelf right oh, beside yeah. like yeah. all 20 seasons Somebody's, of the X-Files on DVD right. or something. Either that or in some frat house somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you know. Skull and bones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, the, there's a lawyer there. He's offered $1,000 for somebody to okay. return it. I don't think it'll probably get returned. But probably not. It is a neat story. I don't yeah. think it... I mean, something probably happened. I don't think an alien crashed there. Because Who knows? Why haven't we exhumed it? That is an excellent point. Yeah. I'm familiar and with that. Twice. The, okay, they have. Twice, well, no, twice they've tried to exhume it. And every time, the uh, there's a 
the local funeral yeah. authority or something. They yeah. like nixed it and said they couldn't they couldn't dig them up there. Okay, which I think may kind of tip us off that yeah. it didn't really happen. Well, I will say <laughs> this. All right, we have here in Alabama a courthouse in Carrollton. Yes. All right. The face in the courthouse windows famous. I'm, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but super I, famous. Super famous. <laughs> I thoroughly believe that is a hoax. I don't believe it ever happened, and right. I believe that care they won't let you get up there too close to it or anything, right. because I think that's like the really the only reason you have to, to go, go to, to Carrollton. <laughs> yeah. So that's you know, the only reason to go to Pickens County is to see the face of this the window. This may be Ned may be the same thing. You right. know, like, hey, this let's get some people into this town and uh and no, you you know, whatever, can't exhume his body mm-hmm. and stuff and now they have a festival every year oh, for real? that surrounds this whole Ned thing. Fest? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's called, but if it's not called Ned Fest, it, it should, should be. be. Yeah. That's a beautiful name. <laughs> yes. I mean logo wise it will work well. Right. Yeah, so I could see that because I, I definitely, a hundred percent in my heart, believe the face in the Carrollton uh, courthouse window it's is just my greasy face print. Yeah, it's just fake. I mean, <laughs> and and they'll be like, "Oh no, they replace it; it comes back all the time." I'm like, well, of course, because they want to keep people coming there, <laughs> right? But I have forever wanted to ride by and shoot it with a BB gun or something. <laughs> Just to see what happened, but I can't do that because it's probably illegal to shoot it. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I mean, you can't shoot at a courthouse anyway, so. Not to mention you'll curse yourself and your whole family. Yeah, if it is, right. <laughs> yes, that's about as bad as building a school on a yeah. 38,000 dead people, so. Uh, <laughs> but moving all along, these guys who will never have their face in the courthouse window because they are now escaped. Uh, this comes to us from the BBC. Uh, Colombian prisoners get guard drunk and escape. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, two prisoners have escaped from a maximum security jail in, Col- in the Colombian capital of Bogota by getting a guard drunk and convincing him to let them go and to go buy more alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, hey, let us go get some more alcohol. Yeah. And he's like, all right, you got to yeah. promise to come back, yeah. though. No, you guys are coming back, though, right? Uh, <laughs> which I got a, I got a story I can tell you, or it's about a book I read. Uh, here when we finish up. All right. Two inmates never returned, and the police are currently hunting for them. Uh, colleagues of the guard at Lee La Picota Jail said his breath smelt of alcohol, and he refused to be breathalyzed. The prison director said the production of homebrewed liquor inside the prison was common despite frequent checks. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a problem everywhere, you know. Uh, the two fugitives were identified by names that I cannot pronounce, uh, have been arrested uh, and sentenced because they're Colombian. Yeah, for forty years in prison for kidnapping. Uh, that was back in two thousand three when they got their sentence. Uh, who had recently? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The prison authorities said they had not been able to detect and damaged uh, any damage to the structure of the prison or its gates, and they had they were therefore working on the assumption that a guard colluded to help them escape. Hmm. Uh, the versions of the events coincide with statements of other guards who said they had seen the two inmates drinking with one of the guards, and they had convinced the guard to let them leave on the promise they would come back with fresh supplies of alcohol. And this is Colonel Ricciarte, who is... Uh, the prison director said the weakness of this official meant that he ingested this liquor and these inmates took advantage of that to convince him that they needed to leave the prison. Hmm. So uh, basically it's the age old story of getting the guard drunk and <laughs> yeah. sneaking out of jail. But I will say this. What's funny is though, he actually let him go. Yeah. I mean, why would you, if you were the guard, you're like, well, look, I, I'll go. 
you know, y'all get a new sale. I'll be back. We'll get the party rocking. He's probably, he's probably, he couldn't drive. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> but I mean. But you know who's, you know who can drive? Yeah. Those yeah. two inmates over right. there. And I thought also they may have like had two batches of alcohol and like his batch to like put a bunch of NyQuil in or something right. like that too, you know, yeah. or whatever to, uh, to make him, uh, drunk. But I read a book once and once and it's called Marching Powder. Great book. They're supposed to make it into a movie. Hmm. Um, and it was a guy who had gotten, he was a, like a back, well, actually the guy who wrote the book met the prisoner it was based on and, uh, but they were in prison in Bolivia, but basically he said a lot of South American prisons operate this way. Mm -hmm. And it was like a frat party, basically. (laughs) First of all, you had to pay for your own set. Like when they decided to make this prison, Mm -hmm. uh, they just, the government just took over a few blocks in the middle of the city, put a fence around it. We're like, okay, this is a prison now. <laughs> so you had to rent your room. You could, if you had enough money, rent another, you know, like apartment basically right. and put a store in there and sell candy bars and cigarettes or whatever you wanted to. But they produced more cocaine inside that prison the inmates did and would ship it out. Dang. Oh, yeah. It was a, that book was so amazing, man. Anything wow. you wanted. And people would, like, tourists would come who would like backpack through South America or mm-hmm. whatever, which I would not recommend backpacking through <laughs> South America right. uh, and would tour the prison. Like you could go to the prison gates and they had inmates who would give you a tour. You'd pay them, you know, like, Oh, here's 50 bucks. And yeah. Show us around. Show us around. And you're like, okay, this over here is where we make the Coke. And Hey, you want to do some blow or whatever? And this and, over here is a pool table. Yeah. Right. And they'll back over <laughs> here. That's where all the rich, cause it, it had like sections just like an neighborhood. This is where the rich people live. This is where the Dang. middle class this is where the poor people live. These are the people who don't have any money to buy one. They just live on the street. Like every, mm-hmm. you know, like in a city, it, it was really amazing. So I just say, wow. Prison conditions in South America are a little uh, different, a little, little different than they are here. So yeah, but two guys did break out of uh, the jail in Jasper by using peanut butter to smear over <laughs> the door number. I don't know if you remember that in the Walker <laughs> County Prison. So yeah. things happen everywhere. I'm not saying we're without our own problems in our prison system. I tell you what, a prison like that, who wants to break out? Yeah, right. <laughs> you yes. know. Was it Pablo Escobar? He built, he designed and built his own prison. Yes, and then right. he agreed to stay there yes. for his sentence. Yes, yeah. And it was like his house. And he would get all these famous soccer players to come up and play mm-hmm. soccer with him and stuff. And yeah. he would be in and out of there, too, because oh, yeah. he had tunnels. Yeah, he could do whatever he wanted to do, right. basically. Yeah. But it was basically, like you said, it was a huge mansion. It was mm-hmm. just a party in there. Yeah, and he just partied the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they do things a little differently you know, in South America <laughs> than we do up here. Man charged in Dry Tavern standoff thought armed ninjas and Deadpool were burglarizing his home. Okay. Did you see this at all? (laughs) No. Well, here you go. (laughs) State police detained John Pochran III as a person of interest during the Dry Tavern standoff on May 30th. Pochran was charged Thursday in connection with the situation that brought a SWAT police response and closed Route 88 for hours. An arrest warrant has been issued for a man who caused a SWAT police response at his dry tavern home. This was last year, but he's just had the a warrant, you know, put out for his arrest. Right. When he was found on his rooftop shooting through the ceiling because he thought armed ninjas and the comic book character Deadpool were breaking into his home. Okay. John Pochran the third, thirty one of 980 North 88 Road was charged Thursday with possession of a controlled substance, possession of drug paraphernalia, reckless endangerment, and resisting arrest. Okay. Pochran and his girlfriend, Holly Brakowski, 
were both hospitalized for evaluations after the May 30th incident that prompted state police to close Route 88 in Dry Tavern for hours. (laughs) At about noon that day, police received a report that a man in the 900 block was shooting from a rooftop. A Cumberland Township police officer was nearby and heard the shots, and he went outside and he saw Pochran shooting into his home from the roof. He then jumped off the roof and ran across Route 88 carrying a woman who was later identified as Burkowski. <laughs> Police initially responded to what they believed to be an active shooter situation and found Pochran and Burkowski running from their home where the shots were fired. Pochran told police several people that they didn't know had broke in and chased them into an upstairs bedroom. The two were then able to escape by climbing onto the roof. The state police specialized response team wearing paramilitary uniforms and body armor surrounded the house thinking someone was still inside. When troopers entered, they found no one and they found no signs of a break-in, which they're ninjas. You're yeah, not going right. to find of any signs of a break-in. Yeah. <laughs> However, there were multiple bullet holes found inside the house. Burkowski had not been charged in connection with the incident as of Monday afternoon. Police said Pochran was irate, combative, and uncooperative, and he had to be tased in order to be put <laughs> under arrest. <laughs> okay. And according to according to these court documents, Pochran had 0.71 grams of crack cocaine. Oh, and now we're getting to the crux of it. Yes. When he was arrested. <laughs> State police later interviewed him about the incident, and he told investigators that he and Burkowski, Burkowski were in their home when five to six individuals broke in and demanded money, mm-hmm. which I'm thinking they probably don't have a lot of money. No. You know? <laughs> no. No, crackheads. Deadpool, he's of, a mercenary. He's, yeah. he, you got to pay him way more. Yeah, right. Pochran explained that the robbers had blood-red eyes, and they were dressed like ninjas, except for one robber who was dressed like Deadpool. Cochran said the heavily armed ninjas chased him and his girlfriend to their upstairs upstairs bedroom, and he began to shoot at them with an AR-15. He was unsure if he hit any of the imaginary robbers when he climbed out of a window onto the roof and continued to engage the robbers who were dressed like ninjas in Deadpool. Uh, Pochran told police he and Burkowski had done some cocaine the previous night mm-hmm. and into the morning, but he was, quote, absolutely telling the truth <laughs> regarding the robbers who were still inside his house. No, look, y'all, now, I, I know I've been doing some crack. I know I've been smoking some crack, but I am telling y'all the truth. Fortunately, nobody was injured during the incident. Well, I, first of all, let me say, who among us has not <laughs> smoked a lot of crack and thought we saw ninjas? I mean, let that person cast the first stone. Okay. Look out. <laughs> Here they come. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's the crux of the whole matter there. I mean, cocaine will make you get a little paranoid, and um, I, I don't know about crack or anything, but I'm sure it's the same thing. And. <laughs> You know, maybe if you start firing off rounds around your apartment, you're like, now we need a story to tell the police. And well, I would just like to say, if police, if they go in there and they don't find any signs of a break-in, and they don't find anybody in there, well, yeah. he said they were ninjas. Right. So, of course, you're not going to find any signs of them breaking in. Find, and they're not going to be there anymore. Yeah, right. Or if they are, you're not going to see them because no. they've done... Yeah. Used, you know, ninja, ninja stealth to disappear into the shadows. If you go find, if some ninjas do break in and they leave <laughs> stuff behind, it's going to be like a throwing star stuck in the wall, or like those little <laughs> claw things they crawl up walls with, you know, that they put on their hands. Yeah. It's not going to be, you know, I mean, there, there's not going to be a whole lot of leftover ninja uh, paraphernalia yeah. left around. And but, also, I'll just say this: he was shooting at Deadpool with a gun, right? But he's, he's, got, he's, right? got, he's got Wolverine healing ability. Yeah, that's right, not going to bother right. him. You yeah. can't stop Wolverine no. with a gun. 
I mean, you, when you, I just have to say, if, if you get all cracked up and you shoot your house up and the police show up, you just might as well just lay it all on the table and be like, look, man, I'm sorry. I just, I just did too many drugs, you know, take me to jail or whatever. Don't make it worse by lying to the authorities and waste their time. So. I don't know. I think ninjas may. Well, you know, here's my reason for believing ninjas didn't attack his house, and it's because he's still alive. Yeah, right. Yeah, if Deadpool that's, had come after right. you, he would have succeeded. Yes. Yeah, ninjas too. Their their success rate is really high from what right. I, from several movies I've watched and Wu Tang albums I've listened to. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't mess up too much. So no. Uh, all right. So moving along here, uh, this comes from the Portland Mercury. Which, shout out to my cousin Casey and her husband Ryan, who live in Portland, Oregon. This may be them, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, Need a a pothole fixed? Maybe a Portland anarchist can help. (laughs) Uh, Not all heroes wear capes. Some wear face masks. A new Facebook page has appeared touting the handiwork of Portland Anarchist Road Care, an organization who claims to be taking care to be taking the state of the roads of PDX, which is what they call Portland, into the hands of the people. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now, most people, you hear anarchists, you get a little, you know, you, you mm-hmm. think some weird things, but um, these guys are actually not really doing anything that bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. After this rash, uh, this year's rash of winter storms, the abysmal state of roads in Portland is frustrating and downright dangerous to cyclists and motorists. That's how Portland Anarchist Road Care said they got their start. Here's their mission statement from the About section of Facebook. Because we we believe in building community solutions to the issues we face outside of the state, because society portrays anarchists as only breaking windows and blocking roads, because when faced with anarchism as a political theory, statists often ask, but who will fix the roads? (laughs) Because the city of Portland refuses to adequately repair roads in a timely manner, we are Portland Anarchist Road Care. We believe in community-oriented direct action. We believe the state cares more about funding a militarized police force to suppress free speech than caring for and repairing roads. Uh, the city of Portland has shown gross negligence in its inadequate preventative care through the, this winter's storms and through its slow repair of potholes as weather has improved. Daily, this negligence is an active danger to cyclists, and causes damage to people's automobiles and an increased risk of collision and body in, bodily injury. Portland Anarchist Road Care aims to mobilize crews throughout our city in our neighborhoods to patch our streets, build community, and continue to find solutions to community problems outside of the state. So, let me just say, <laughs> I have anarchist leanings. I always have. Yes. The, the main problem with anarchy is that it... Who's going to fix the roads? <laughs> well... And apparently that's been dealt with, so let's all be anarchists. Is It relies... <laughs> anarchy relies too much on individual responsibility, and we know that, in general, that's true. people are not responsible. So, these guys actually are going out to solve a problem. <laughs> They're not involved in the government, you know? So, every conservative... Well, they don't believe in government. Right, yeah, they don't believe in government. Every conservative here is like, we need a smaller, more limited government. I mean, they're actually doing <laughs> yeah. something about it. It. So uh, these guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. The art of rebel road care isn't new in Portland. Last year, a group called PDX Transformation took bike lane safety into their own hands, illegally redistributing <laughs> cones to protect cyclists across the city. So they would take cones right. from like construction projects and put them over on the bike lanes. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. 
Portland Anarchist Road Care said they've already patched five potholes on Southeast Salmon uh, and are monitoring the patches to make sure they hold up. It won't be easy, but their hope is to turn the public perception of anarchism from this, which is a guy in a Guy Fawkes mask <laughs> burning a flag, burning a flag while staring at his phone, uh, <laughs> to this, which is a guy with a mask on fixing a pothole. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, for me, hats off to these guys for actually doing something. Yeah. I thought I saw a more inventive way a year or so ago of a guy going around and painting dirty pictures around potholes. So, <laughs> so they would have to come out there and the fix that. The city would have to come fix that. And so uh, I thought that was like an amazing idea. <laughs> yes. uh, he would paint, you know, like stuff that you wouldn't want right. your children to see as they're walking down the sidewalk yeah. or whatever. And so the city would come out and fix it real quick. <laughs> yeah. so. Which nobody wants to see those pictures graffitied. No. But yeah. The but end I mean, game. That, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> He's playing the long game He's playing here. the long game here. He's like, the only way we can get the government to move on this, I'm tired of you know having my rims get bent on my bicycle yeah. or whatever, so I'm just going to spray paint all over the city. So anyways, yeah. Uh, anyways, so anarchy, not necessarily as bad as some people believe it is. If people, you know, I've heard so many people say that people are basically good, yeah. that everybody deep down wants to do the right thing. If know, that yeah. was the truth, right. anarchy would work. Right, yeah, but it won't. Now, <laughs> yes. if we took everybody, you know, that was uh, decent in society and we all got together on the line and we said, hey, no government, let's all just take care of business, right. whatever needs to be done, everybody pitch in, it would work. It may work in small-scale things, but I don't think in a well, large in, society. I, I assume it worked in tribes sure, yeah. for thousands of right. years. Yeah, and of course, I mean, some tribes <laughs> had hierarchy too, true. you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it worked for a while. Yeah, um, but problem you know, is, is all these different tribes start fighting with that's each right. other. Yes, yeah. yeah. I did see something earlier about uh, on Facebook it was, uh, and I didn't get into an argument with a person, but it was like, uh, you know, we never needed borders or passports until white people took over the whole world or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, but I was like, well, you obviously don't know about tribal wars that happened <laughs> for true. centuries around over land, <laughs> yes. and you know, you guys have encroached into over our land. Honey. Hunting for food. Yeah. Over women. Oh, women. I mean, <laughs> yeah. really, women, they'll cause a lot of wars. Still do. Not, and don't yeah. mean to. Yeah, right. No, I right. mean, guys sign up to go into the army to impress their girls all the time. So I'm just saying. You know. Helen of Troy, she yes. uh, she was so hot that <laughs> yes. two nations were willing to have this <laughs> huge, long yeah. war to get mm. her back. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's much respect to the ladies out here. Maybe I would go to war for my wife. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I will bring. I would build a Trojan horse and yes. burn that city to the yeah. ground if they right. had her locked yes. up in there. I would, I would do that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't say she'd do the same for me. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, <laughs> you know, okay. Oh. I think she would go out there and ask politely. Yeah, no. But yeah. <laughs> you think we could get you back? They're like, no. She's like, oh, okay. Well, right. just think it over. Yeah. And pray about <laughs> it. Get back to me. <laughs> just get back to me, okay? Yes. That's what my wife would say. Well, John, I tell you what, we've uh, we've got a couple more stories here, and. This story here is actually kind of dark, so right. and it might take us a while to get through it. So okay, what do you say do we it. do? Community news. Go yeah. ahead and hit that up. All right. And then give everybody uh, yeah. some time to put well, little young years away, and then right. we'll get into this. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hit up... Uh, you know, Cajun Curl, CajunCurl.com. Yes. Go check them out. Get your spices for your food. I thought we had a great Tiny came up with a tagline last week. You know, uh, taste the spice, not the heat, you yes. know. 
Uh, I will say I've been putting it on ham sandwiches all week. It's amazing. It's amazing on a ham sandwich. So I'm still doing the potatoes. I had oh, potatoes yeah. last week. And yeah, man, I yeah. love it no, on it's, there. It's so awesome. good. I may start carrying it with me. You know, to like restaurants and stuff. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm not ashamed. I'm gonna get a. You know, like like those old guys you see, they got like a hot sauce in their holster. I want to ask them if they have any. Hey, do you have any Cajun curl? And then yeah. when they say no, it'd be like, what kind of establishment is yeah, this? Yeah, like, oh, well, Come I'm on. taking my business elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so really. It is delicious. It's yeah. low sodium. Beautiful. It's all natural. You all know, natural no preservatives. Yeah. It's a little bit spicy. But, but it's, not, it's overwhelming. not overwhelming. Yeah. And I'm one of those people who actually do like really, really, really hot food. My wife hates it. So I'm this is a, big, a good this is yeah. a good in between for us. I'm not a big this hot This is something food we guy. can both agree right. on. I'm not a big hot food guy and I love it. You yes. Know, I, I, I'm not one of those dudes that wants to hurt while I'm eating something. <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I like, like it to it. be on the edge. People like wiping sweat off their brow while they're eating a chili. <laughs> yes. I'm just like, it ain't worth it, man. <laughs> but Cajun curl, if you get some Cajun it's curl, worth it. it's still, it's not quite as hot, but it still tastes spicy, but yeah. it don't feel spicy. Right. Yeah, it doesn't feel spicy. That's yeah. the thing. You man, will not need, you know, the ice cream or the sour yeah. cream or the glass of milk to chase yes. it away. It's, right. It leaves you tangling just good. Yeah, I mean, just you feel good, good with us over with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We had one review <coughs> last week, and this comes from Cash BG93. Ooh. Uh, superpower of common sense. Five stars. Finally, <laughs> news through the eyes of common sense in a funny manner. I love to listen to these guys. All right. So, Cash, we appreciate that. Thank you so much. I know some caches. Send us an email. We'll send you a pocket knife. Yeah. Like, nobody's collecting on these no. prizes. I, I, st- I got mine in my pocket right now. Let me hold it up <laughs> yeah. right there. I've been there carrying it, it around yeah. since you gave it to me. Use it every day. Every day. Use yeah. it yesterday to fix a table at work. So saw Jordan Horton today at uh-huh. church, and I was like, hey, you know, send Want us an pocket? email. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you a pocket knife. But now, I'll just keep them all for myself. On, Jordan. <laughs> Come on, Jordan. Sings like an angel, by the way. She does. <laughs> she does. She I mean, really does. I mean, beautiful, beautiful voice. Do we want to give an update on uh, hashtag Dragon Booty? <laughs> okay. We can. We can. Okay. I'm a man of my word. Yes. All right. Last week. and <laughs> If you missed that episode. I, you know, I feel kind of bad. Not bad enough to actually go back on anything, but I kind of put you on the spot. It's fine. Because you had just got done saying, you know, that you would never get a tattoo or you don't want a tattoo. You're scared of needles. Right. I can't say it better than you. What, what was the deal? Well, I said, I don't remember how we got there, mm-hmm. but I said that, uh, you know, if our Facebook page, Earth Oddity Podcast, yes. um, got a thousand likes in this month. The month of April. The month of April. Now, listen, at, at 12 o'clock Yeah, 12 p.m. Midnight, we got 999. If we're 999, yeah, you're somewhere. out of luck. Yeah. You can no. go, you know, cry to your mama on your big, huge pillow. Right. It's not happening. And that I would get a tattoo of a dragon on my butt. Yes. Because I uh, found out that Long, which means is my dragon. last name, means dragon in Chinese. So I would get a dragon tattoo on my butt. My yes. wife was not real happy to hear that. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, my body, my choice. All right? So uh, if it happens, which it looks very unlikely. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we're at uh, 139 people who have liked the page. Now, a few mm-hmm. people have liked the fan page that we had yes. or whatever, the first thing. They've asked to be in it. I'm not counting those people. <laughs> you right? have to go Earth Oddity Podcast. Yes, right. I'm not counting y'all. There's probably been 10 or 12. Right. Uh, 
But some people are like really like, oh, it's going to happen. And I was like, y'all don't know the, my friend group. <laughs> yes. While they would enjoy this happening, the fact you that have they would over have a thousand to, friends. Oh yeah, and yeah. if every one of them would go like it, it would happen if, tomorrow, if right? But, but it's not going to happen. No, 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 they cannot be bothered to click buttons. You know, I will say that that first couple days when yeah, the lights so were just ting, 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 and I was like, oh man, what have I done? Yes. And then it's, it, but that was one day it trickled off. And I told myself today, if we get in here, if we get in the studio and we've got 250, that's one week yeah. of the month of April. That's a quarter of the way there. We're that's on right. pace. Yes. But and we are not on pace. No. no. <laughs> so if so, y'all want this to happen, you're going to have to pick it up. I'm confident my backside will remain unblemished. <laughs> I think so. Yes. And I don't want to get a tattoo. I really, <laughs> honestly, I don't want a tattoo. I'm not a tattoo guy. I. I, I just don't want a tattoo. So, anyways, if it happens, and it's it's not going to happen, but if it does, you're gonna you're gonna Facebook Live the, the I'll, experience. Yeah. I mean, we can record it. I don't know if a Facebook Live it. I don't know how bad it'll hurt. And yeah. I've been working. You don't want to cry on the internet. Yeah. I'll say this. <laughs> Over time, my uh, you know, as I've grown as a Christian, yes. my use of, of language is really poor. Language has really died off. You know, right. Well, I did drop an end table on my foot the other day, and I found out I hadn't fully got that mastered. So yes. uh, just a couple of them just came on out. So I don't know how bad a tattoo hurts. Uh, I, we may not want a Facebook Live. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha. I may say a few something choice you can, words. Uh, something you can edit. edit it down or whatever. Yes. But, yeah, I will allow pictures of my butt to be put online, and mm-hmm. I'll show everybody. You know, if you've ever – if you're one of the few out there who haven't seen my butt and you want to know what it looks like, <laughs> you're going to have to go like the page. All right? I'm not afraid to show my butt off. All right, yeah, I don't have yeah. a lot there. I mean, I like Hank Hill. If you ever seen Hank Hill's booty, I'm, I'm he had to wear him. a prosthetic butt, didn't yes, he? Yes, <laughs> in that one. Episode. Yes, right. He did. So, uh, oh, such a good show. It's a great show. Yeah, <laughs> which I tell people now. And that's what I do. I tell them I sell furniture, furniture accessories. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But yeah, but yeah. So if you want me to get a tattoo on my butt, you need to go like our Earth Oddity mm-hmm. podcast page. Tell your friends about it. Tell a thousand of your friends yeah. about it, and uh, and get them to get on board. So. And heads up, it's not looking too good. No, no. I imagine I'm going to have my lily white backside for <laughs> a long time. We are. I, well, you know what? I'm not sure. Uh, we're almost beating my sister in law's uh, real estate <laughs> get page close, at this get point. Close, right. Not quite, but we're almost there. That's really the end goal in all this. We should <laughs> yes. be better than her. <laughs> All right. All right. So make sure your kids are, uh, you know, out of the car going to school or whatever or away. Put your headphones in. Yes, this is it. This next story involves uh, a cult. And I want everyone out there to know that no one has gotten killed. No. But it does get a little bit dark. Yeah. Uh, We're going to try to talk about this as professionally as possible. But (laughs) if you have any small kids, maybe you're just not ready for that conversation yet. Again, not that we're going to talk, yeah. you know, lewd or crude about right. this, yes. but may, again, Sens- it's a sensitive subject. Maybe you just don't want to talk to your kids yeah. about human right. reproductive practices yet. <laughs> yes, there so. you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have you a little countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Here we go. John, have you ever heard of Nexium? Well, sort of. <laughs> sort of. You, we we yes. had a little comment. I didn't get all the way into the article. So, yes. 
Now, this is not the antacid medication, Nexium. (laughs) (laughs) This is Nexium spelled N-X-I-V-M. Okay. That makes no sense to me. No. But I guess that makes sense to Hollyweird people, I guess. Nexium. That's what I would say. Nexium. I mean, I saw in multiple articles, it is pronounced Nexium, just like the antacid. Piggybacking on an antacid train. (laughs) Yes. If you've got heartburn problems, join our cult. (laughs) Well, there is a man, and his name is, and I want everyone to know out there, I got one article here that I'm kind of going to, you know, use to keep, you know, track of the situation somewhat, but I... I dove down the rabbit hole this last week. I read a bunch of articles about it. And so a lot of this I'm going to be speaking from memory. I do have a page of uh, horribly scribbled notes to <laughs> I go that. from. <laughs> That's like more prepared than we've ever been for anything. So, yes. all right. At home, I just about had the <laughs> yeah, like the a yard, yard going <laughs> the to different tax, places. The thumbtacks yes. and everything. Yeah. There is a self-help group. Mm-hmm. They would say not a... Cult, but no. there's a self-help group called right. Nexium. It is. It was started in 1998 okay. by a very, uh, how would you say, charismatic individual yeah. named Keith Ranieri. Keith Ranieri. Now, he, you probably haven't heard that name before. If you have, he ran sort of a pyramid scheme back in before that. I think it was called Consumers Direct or Buyers Direct oh, or something. Yeah, it was yes. one of those where, hey, yeah. we're going to... You pay them. You pay membership into this club, yes, Yes. and then you get all these discounts. Yeah, I think I had a cousin who did that once. Yeah, I think they got. Now I think they did get in some trouble. They were reported to the Better Business Bureau about something, and it kind of went by the wayside. And I'll just say this: Don't call Road and Fields a pyramid scheme, because you will make some mothers like stay-at-home moms (laughs) super mad. Found that out on Facebook one day. I apologize to anybody who sells Road and Fields. So you know, I know it's legit now. Y'all all educated me. Yes. I'm not. I was saying, don't call it one. All right. Okay. All right. Sorry. Well, anyway, <laughs> his next big enterprise was Nexium. All right. Now, Nexium is uh, a self help group. It's basically you pay all these thousands of dollars and you go to these classes, these seminars. Yeah. And, you know, you can sign up for these retreats and, you know, it, it combines, you know, new age things and, and it focuses on. Looking within and introspection, sure. and yeah. probably got you, some crystals involved. I <laughs> probably, imagine. yeah. And then if you pay all this money and you go through all these classes, it's going to make you a better person. And then you're just going to go out there and be successful, of course, because you've listened to all these yeah. lectures and yeah. now you know the secret. You know, right? You know, you, yeah. I mean, the world and yes. its negative energy's been holding you back. This was started in 1998, right. and it. I don't know how quick how quickly it, it took to blow up, but yeah. he started trying to court you know uh, you know actresses actors actresses smart move uh, millionaires yeah you know people with a lot of money and a lot of means yeah and it for whatever reason it took hold and there's an actress by the name of Sarah Edmondson now mm-hmm. have you ever heard of Sarah Edmondson uh, that's the girl from uh, Smallville. Is that no, right? no, no, no. This is a different lady. Oh, okay. This is a lady. She has been in a ton of stuff. Right. Um, she's also done a lot of voice work for a lot of kids' shows, Max okay. Steel. Uh, most recently, you might recognize her from some Hallmark movies. Okay. She was in Love at First Bark. Oh. She was oh, in, one of my favorites. <laughs> she was at in at home at Midford. And what else did she do? She was uh, The Wedding March 2, Resorting oh. to Love. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> The Wedding March 2 is, I mean, it's so there's much not better much, than... There's, there's not much that Hallmark movies airs that my wife doesn't see. No, so she yeah. was familiar with this okay. lady when, when this came up. 
she was very excited about Nexium. And in 2005, she took a bunch of classes and she got super excited. And in 2009, she actually helped head up a uh, a self help center in Vancouver okay. and brought it to Canada and was super super duper excited about it. Yeah. Well, last year, somebody within the group. And it is rumored that this was Allison Mack. Now, Allison Mack is an actress who was in the show Smallville. Yeah, she that's played right. Chloe Sullivan. And she, I don't know if it was her, but she is the one who headed up. Basically, it comes up to her and says, hey, there's a there's another group. Oh. <laughs> and it's a huge opportunity, but it's also super secret. Okay. And she's like, you know, well, what's that? And she's like, you know, you... You basically vow, you take this vow to be this other lady. It's basically, she come to find out later that it was a pyramid scheme. Yeah. But it's a cult pyramid scheme where Keith Ranieri is at the top. Yeah. And then his, the, the, his slave, and they use that okay. word there, his slave uh, under that's, him. That's a touchy subject this day. Was Allison Mack. All right. And then she goes out and gets other women to join this, uh, okay. this secret sisterhood. That was called DOS, by the way. Now, Ooh. DOS sounds for... Let me see if I can uh, look up... Uh, direct Operating System or No, whatever. that's not what it stood for. It stood for... Dominus Obsequious Sequorum. Okay. That is Latin for Lord over Obedient Sisters or oh. Female Companions. Well, hey, let me just stop you right here. <laughs> yes. All right, the, here's why I will never be part of a cult. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Is because it always comes back to we're gonna sleep with you, woman, right? <laughs> or so, or you can't have sex at all. Yeah, right. It's one yes. of those two yeah. things. Yeah. It's yeah. always gonna be a sexual Someone stream on gonna, one yeah. side or the other. Someone else is gonna be sleeping with your wife, or you can't have sex at all. Ever. All right. But as soon as like the cult leader guy's like, you know, hey, I talked to God and he told me I didn't sleep with your wife, I'm like, we're leaving. You know, we're leaving. <laughs> yes. All right. Because uh, no, he didn't. Yeah, no, he, he told didn't. me something totally right. different. Yeah, you know, hey, <laughs> well, I was pretty clear. That's funny. God didn't tell me that. He no. said it was supposed to be just yeah, me. Right. So I'm just saying, for those of you out there, just word of warning. If you're going to a church in like a storefront or somewhere <laughs> yes. and it's got one of those nightclub names like Echo or, you know, right. whatever. And, you know, the leader's like, well, yeah, you know, God, if you want to be faithful to God, I need to I need to sleep with your wife. Then you need to just go ahead and get up and leave. <laughs> yes. you know? Well, anyway, last year, <laughs> sorry, she says that she was taken to a house. She right. was taken in a room. It was her and eight, four or five other females, and they were told to strip down. Okay. And they were told to take a vow. And she had she had been told that they were going to get tattoos. Ah. What happened was they got laid up on a massage table, and the other women would hold them down while this other lady took a cauterizing pen that's typically used in surgery and etched a symbol Ooh. on her lower hip. Ooh. That she was told stood for the four seasons, but yeah. most people are now saying that that's actually his initials. Oh, okay. <laughs> was, and it wasn't, he's not the one there. There was some other lady there. Yeah, right. They're, they're all being held down on a table getting this dude's initials branded on their wow. lower hips. Wow. And they just did it freehand? You know? I don't yeah, know. They just I mean, did it freehand. Also, I'd like to point out that this wasn't a brand, this was a cauterizing right. pen. A brand, a brand, you, you heat it up, and you just yeah, you know, pop yeah, like, it on there, and that's it. Yeah, a lot of African-American fraternities, they will, they will brand this was their a, letters. Yeah. This was a 20- or 30-minute endeavor wow. Wow. To, to 
you know, mark these women. I feel like this. the brand's more efficient. <laughs> exactly. Then I, I can make a recommendation too. to you, Mr. Multimillionaire Pyramid <laughs> Scheme Operator dude. Maybe she wouldn't have got so mad if they would have used the brand. Yeah, right. Because after this with. happened, you know, it was it was at this point where she is holding down another lady on a massage table, and she's the one up next. It was at this point <laughs> she, she goes, thought, wait out. a minute, this is a cult. <laughs> So now, now she still got the initials cauterized on her. She still got the mark, but it was soon after that she left and she went to the authorities. Okay. The authorities said they weren't going to do anything. She went to the New York Times, Ooh. and October seventeenth of last year, they published a shocking report on Nexium and its inner sex cult called yeah. DOS, or okay. simply referred to as the Val. Oh, by Val. members. That's like a that's a name of a Hallmark movie <laughs> right there. After this happened, uh, Mister Rainier he up and fled. Okay, he went, <laughs> you know he, he went to Mexico. Went to all right. <laughs> but after this report that was published by the New York Times, and you can go Google it and read it. It's Fascinating, yeah. I assure hey, you. I will say I this: <laughs> he should have went to Ecuador because they don't they don't uh, extradite to America. By the way, <laughs> well, anyway, after this, after this, that led to a FBI investigation, and then that later led to a federal complaint that was uh, issued against uh, Mr. Keith Ranieri. And here is an article that basically summarizes the the complaint. <laughs> okay. The headline is Nexium: What We Know About Alleged Sex Trafficking and Forced Labor. Wow. Okay. Uh, on March 26th, I guess I'll just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. This man has been arrested. He okay. was arrested on March 25th, which was right. you know, a few weeks yeah, ago. a couple weeks ago. He was arrested by Mexican authorities in Puerto Vallarta. Okay. That's and he was extradited to Texas. Should have went to Ecuador. <laughs> He's now in Oklahoma. All right. He is soon to make his way back to New York, where he will stand trial. Right. Uh, Mexican authorities closed in on Keith Ranieri, co-founder of the controversial cult-like self-help group Nexium. The Albany, New York-based Nexium is, according to its website, quote, a community guided by humanitarian principles that seek to empower people and answer important questions about what it means to be human. Oh, and branding. <laughs> and branding. <laughs> he has been charged with sex trafficking and forced labor, labor conspiracy. Wow. Uh, Renair, 57. Oh, I forgot to mention this. He also took the title Vanguard. <laughs> All his followers refer to him as Vanguard. Okay. And there's a, every year for his birthday, there's a week-long celebration this referred to everybody as V Week. Uh, <laughs> it's basically a week long party for him. All right. Yeah. He was arrested at a ten thousand dollar a week luxury villa near Puerto Vallarta and extradited to Texas for arraignment. He did not seek bail during an initial court appearance on the twenty seventh in Fort Worth, and he will be transported to Brooklyn this week for prelim- preliminary hearings. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, the FBI agents raided his home uh, and also the home of Nexium President Nancy Salesman who is referred to by followers as Prefect, oh. as well as another home in upstate New York. And this home belonged to Frank Parlato. Now, he is a former publicist for the group. I think uh-huh. he is. he's since left. Yeah. I think he found out about DOS. Yeah, probably and so. And he was like, wait, uh, hey, this wait is going to get me in trouble. So you're getting all the chicks here, Vanguard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm all right. I'm done. <laughs> Maybe he wouldn't share. Yeah, know. right. <laughs> All right. Considered a cult by some experts, Nexium was thrown into the national spotlight last fall when the New York Times interviewed several women claiming to have been forcibly branded as part of an initiation into the secret sect called DOS. After that story broke, the U.S. Attorney's offices in Brooklyn reportedly launched an investigation into Nexium, and he fled to Mexico. Okay, we've talked about that. Here is what comes up in the in the complaint. 
Okay, since founding Nexium's Umbrella Group, which is uh, Executive Success Programs, or ESV, this okay. is the corporation that's yeah, over right. all the rest of it, um, he has allegedly maintaining a rotating cast of about 15 to 20 women that he has certain types of relationships with. Okay. And according to the complaint, all women must re- must remain faithful to him, and they're not... Pr- they're not permitted to have relationships outside of this group that he's in. That's a tough one. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, this group's uh, teachings, they advocate that men must have multiple partners oh. and that women so are... So they're Mormon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to all the Latter-day Saints out there. I'm sorry. They're like early Mormons. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a bad joke. <laughs> or what is it? A conservative Mormon? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Fun, fundamental. Fundamentalist yeah. Mormon, yes. And also that women are supposed to remain anonymous. I mean, anonymous. <laughs> I bet they wish they could. <laughs> yeah. Women are supposed to remain monogamous and that DOS strives to help women overcome their inherent weakness and their over-emotional nature. Aww. So this is basically just uh, misogyny. Misog- this is yeah, very this right. is misogyny. Yeah. Just, you know, oh, textbook you misogyny. Weak little and, ladies need me, and you can't sleep with anybody else but yes. me. But I'm but I'm required like, to yeah, have more yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I'm Vanguard. That's, <laughs> he's, I mean, that's I'm true. the Vanguard. You guys understand. <laughs> he's the Vanguard. You know what a Vanguard do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. DOS master slave participants allegedly thought they were joining a women's only sorority, mm. and that Renair's position at the top was withheld. They didn't know that. Hey, wait a minute. There's this dude who's like head of the whole yeah. thing. Uh, per the complaint, Nexium Secret Society DOS is a pyramid-style organized criminal group with levels of slaves headed by masters. The document alleges that Ranieri is the singular ruling master and sole male member of DOS, and the society is rumored to have formed around 2015. The document claims that DOS slaves have to go; they have to go out and recruit more slaves, of course, and then they become their masters. Yeah, but they all have the same master, which is Ranieri. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I was talking about. This is basically a pyramid yeah, scheme yeah. with women. Right. Not like rodent and fields. <laughs> yes. Unless there's something about that I don't know about. <laughs> okay. When luring a new DOS member, the complaint says that masters required, now this is important, collateral. Ooh. Now, what, what do you mean by that? Well, a collateral was incriminating photographs oh. or maybe sensitive videotapes or maybe confessions about oh, wow. a certain person. This material was headed over, and then it was used to basically keep people quiet. Like, they were told, hey, you got to give us some Uh dirt on you. Yeah. And this is going to prove your devotion to the group. But really, once... It's like, if you ever want to leave, you're like, we're going to let everybody know. Yes, once you you, get in the group... Robbed a liquor store when you were 12 or whatever. Or, you know... Or sometimes... Worse, I'm sure. Sometimes maybe it wasn't even true. Yeah. It was just you pinned a confession letter to a whole bunch of bad stuff. Uh You get in there, and then if you want to leave, or maybe you get a boyfriend. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you don't. comes along, sweeps you off your feet. You're like, hey, I need to get out of this, and I'm going to get my brand like, changed to his initials. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you don't, because we're going to oh, take no. this we collateral right you here gave us. Yeah. And it says gonna, you were the mastermind of 9-11 right we're gonna here. We're going to ruin you. We're going to ruin your career yeah. if you try to leave this organization. Right. Yes. Is This is straight up evil. Yeah, straight. Yeah, for real. No joke. <laughs> yes, no joke. Yes. This dude, he's evil. Uh, and you know what? I wonder what they had on uh, Mrs. Sarah Edmondson because yeah. she did turn tail and she blew the whistle on the yeah. whole thing. She's like, I don't care. Tell yeah. them whatever. You know. So I, I don't know. It's interesting. But I Googled her picture. I know she is now. She's been in a lot of She's stuff. She's been in a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. 
Okay, it also uh, states that uh, DOS slaves were allegedly forced to participate in this initiation ritual. We talked about this, where they would be branded with the dude's initials. Yeah. Some people also think that the KR, because the R is upside down, and if you turn your head and squint your eyes, you can make out A&M. Some uh-huh. people think that that's actually Allison Mack, the wow. Smallville actress. Yeah. Um, hmm. She was. She supposedly headed up this group for for him. For him. Yeah. Yeah. So DOS members were allegedly forced to provide acts of care for masters, and of course they were required to have a relationship yeah. with Ranieri. You can probably you can guess what that entailed. Um, they were also required to undergo uh, what they called acts of denial, which was sometimes they had to take icy showers they had to stand for an hour at 4 a.m and they had to have 500 to 800 calorie diets because he really liked the thin women Uh, and that was again that was all for him man (laughs) says here that uh allegedly he did not act alone ranieri's co-conspirators who were dubbed cc1 and cc2 in the complaint Reportedly played active roles in the alleged sex trafficking happenings within the group. CC One, who was a direct slave of Ranieri, is described as an actress with a longtime relationship with Ranieri. Her video interviews with Ranieri are also mentioned in this complaint. Frank Parlanto, ne- uh, Nexium's ex-publicist and a whistleblower, he, uh, he stated that the Smallville actress Allison Mack, 35, is CC One in this complaint. And she is expected to be arrested shortly. I would because, imagine so. Yeah, she was taking part in all yeah. this. She was going out and recruiting other slaves and, and building this Which, whole thing up. Let me just say, this dude right here is not, he's not good looking enough to head up <laughs> yeah. a pyramid sex scheme cult, you know. Apparently, you just got to get one. You just got to get that one Allison yeah. Mack who's going to go out goes, and recruit all right. these other people for huh. you. Yeah. Wow. The complaint also describes agents obtaining a search warrant for Ranieri's uh, Yahoo email address. <laughs> yeah, I would love it if that email address was like Vanguard69 yes. at Yahoo.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if that's not taken, somebody can get that. Maybe you can sell it off to him when he gets out. Within those emails, agents reportedly uncovered an email from CC1, who is m- most people think is yeah. Allison Mack, uh, including a letter that was meant to destroy the character of her mother and her father, and a note that she allegedly typed up that was addressed to social services where she she admits to abusing uh, her nephews. Oh, man. So, at this point, I have no idea, but right. I, I think that's probably not true. This is probably just something that yeah. she was required to do for this yes. group. Okay, in addition to being forced into uh, certain encounters, air quotes there, with Ranieri, uh, in various locations and circumstances. The complaint also describes that at least one of the Jane Doe's other assignments was to edit up to 95 dense articles that were written by Ranieri. So not only is he maintaining these relationships with all these women, he's making them just do stuff for him. You know, work as his secretary, you know, wash his clothes, clean his house, you name it. He's using these women as, well, he called them, he straight up called them slaves and he's using them as such. Um, of course, it mentions in the complaint that he may be getting rich off all of these Nexium classes. Sure. I imagine you don't have a secret sex cult without having, you know, yeah. millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to have some initial yeah. capital to get that thing going. And it's also alleged in this complaint that he got financial help from a lot of high places. According to the U.S. Attorney's detention memo, Claire W. Broffman, heir to the Seagram's fortune, Ooh. and... Uh, he, that it is alleged that she financially supports Ranieri. 
Uh, in the memo, they wrote that Brothman has financed the defendant repeatedly over the years, including providing him with millions of dollars and paying for private air travel costing up to approximately $65,000 a flight. Wow. She has also paid for numerous lawyers to bring suits against Nexium critics. She also owns a private island in Fiji, which the de- defendant has visited, and both Brothman and the defendant and the defendant have contacts all around the world. Oh, well. So, let me just say, let's talk about some famous people who yeah. are in this. I mentioned a minute ago that the heirs to the Seagram's fortune they're in it. Uh, Stephen Cooper, he is acting chief of uh, acting executive chief of Enron. Oh, okay. uh, he's been a big advocate of Nexium. Emiliano Salinas, he is the son of the former Mexican president. Uh, he is listed as their VP of ethics okay. of uh, executive success programs on their website. All right. Well, we know how ethical everything runs down in Mexico. Yes. In addition to Allison Mack, Kristen Crook, is that how you say her name? She played uh, Lana Lang on Smallville. Okay. Now, she was in it, too. Now, she has since she has spoken out on Twitter saying that she had no idea about the uh, secret DOS she group. Wasn't in she on was that. She says she wasn't in on yeah. that and didn't know about that. But she was high up in the, the self-help part, the yeah. Nexium group. Also, some actresses who were from uh, the show Battlestar Galactica, which oh, okay. I didn't watch. But uh, me either. Nikki Klein and Grace Park, and they did some other stuff, too. That's yeah. probably just what they're most recognized from. They were high up in, uh, wow. in the self-help group, Nexium. Well, I'd say that's, so, that's something else right there. It's crazy. That guy must be a heck of a salesman. That's all I want to say. <laughs> he heck of a salesman. I don't see me getting this even off of the ground floor. I mean, yeah. of course, I'm married. Deidre probably wouldn't go along with it, but, <laughs> you know, I, I just don't see me being able to convince that many people to to join up with my online multiple partner relations thing. So That's just crazy. Like, I don't understand how people – I mean, they – how do people convince people to just you know give them all your money and, yeah. and just devote your entire life? I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. I would. I mean, I've only convinced one woman to vote devote her entire life to me, <laughs> and that was like an eight year process. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I did pull the wool over her eyes pretty good. So uh, yeah, but yeah. I don't know how you do that, and I don't know how somewhere along the way. Like the lady, uh, the actress lady, like mm-hmm. when they pull out the old cauterizing pen, you got to be like, all right, you know, <laughs> I don't know if this is for is me. She still got the mark, though. Yeah, right. She wasn't quite yeah. ready. To, she's on the fence, <laughs> but she wasn't quite yet ready to go right. to the authorities. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like when they were like, okay, well, next up, you got to lay down here, take your clothes off, and, and <laughs> we're going to we're gonna mark on you with this thing. We're going to burn it into your flesh. That's why I'm like, hey, I'm out, guys. I forgot to mention this house that that he would have all these women go to. It's referred to as the library. It's in (laughs) Albany, New York. The library. And it's got a hot tub. It's got a big, huge bed. It's got, it's basically just a, you know, it's it's a Playboy mansion, but it's an apartment kind of, sort of, but. It sounded sounded pretty nice from the description yeah. I read. Yes. And when he was in Mexico, again, he was staying at this, you know, $10,000 a week villa. Right. And he was staying there with another group of followers, one of which was Allison Mack. Or it's alleged that they chased him all yeah. the way back. I don't know what they thought they were going to do. Yeah, but that's, that's tough. I mean, but hey. Allison Mack, she was there. She was in Mexico with him, and she uh, chased him all the way back to the... You might be pretty powerful in your sex cult, <laughs> but the cops don't care. They got guns and stuff, you know? Yeah. So... 
Yeah, well, I don't know, man. But uh, bizarre. I know we're bumping up against time, but yeah. that's just that's rough. That, I just wanted to say to that me, for the end. It's one of those stories where we can't so, not talk so about There's so many twists it. and turns to it. Yeah, so many people are involved, and even that is that's just my that's just my summary. Yeah, of right. you know, two man, or three hours is, of research. I went down the rabbit hole on this, and wild. it is bizarre. Yeah. Wow, man. No one's ever asked me to join up in something like that. I'm <laughs> well, you don't have any money. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't have any money. <laughs> if, we, if we ever, if Earth Oddity ever gets big and, and famous, maybe then we'll start <laughs> we'll getting start all the cool cult Solicitation invites. to get into some cults. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll be like, hey, guys, we'd like y'all to join our cult. It's called the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to put out a guarantee to the listening audience right now that we will not try to induct you into no, a cult. Never, never. I will never ask you to join any kind of cult. I promise if I ever start soliciting other people's wives and girlfriends, I will <laughs> immediately cease and desist this yes, podcast. That's right. And I will probably be, yeah, I will be murdered, murdered soon after yeah, that. <laughs> I don't I don't think my wife would take too kindly to that. But yeah, so uh, yeah, we're not going to try. You know, we'd maybe ask you to donate to the cooperative program. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, ten percent. And even that's on a voluntary basis. Right. It's a Lottie Moon time, you know. Yeah, so. Well, you have been listening to Earth Oddity podcast. We thank you so much for the download. No matter where you get us, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean app, yeah, YouTube. Tune in. Bring it all wherever. wherever you can find it. We thank yeah. you so much for listening to the show. This show right here is actually on Facebook Live. That's right. So Did a whole show on it. You don't get the sound effects. No. I would recommend you listening to the, uh, the yeah. produce show, but this is just to maybe get us some, some yeah, visibility. Since we got some new, new people that have liked yeah. the page, trying to get <laughs> hashtag Dragon Booty off the ground. <laughs> yeah. You right. can follow us on Twitter. We are at underscore Earth Oddity. We got Instagram. Yeah, that's uh, Earth underscore Oddity underscore podcast. Hadn't done a lot with that in the past few weeks. Been really busy, but I'm gonna and, get it fired back up. And we have an email. This is Earth Oddity at planetmail.net. Send right. in your comments, your questions. Let us know what you think about right. Nexium. Maybe you were a former member. Yeah. Maybe you were a secret member of DOS. Yeah. Who knows? Let us know about Hey, it. Vanguard, be out there listening, buddy. <laughs> and you have access to a computer. That's right. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Everybody have a great week. We love you. Yes. And we'll see you next week. All, All right. right. Bye. <laughs> this has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening.